Mindfulness Mode 279. The more we do of anything, the more inspired we are to do it. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for joining me today. I'm Bruce Langford. You're listening to Mindfulness Mode. Last time, I talked with a woman who has been immersed in a life of mindfulness for around 20 years. She used to be a professional singer, and now she teaches mindfulness using the unified mindfulness approach. She is such an incredible expert. I'm sure you'll learn a lot from the episode. That was mindfulnessmode.com slash 278. Last time also, I mentioned I'm using essential oils to help concentrate and focus and relax. I'd love to make these oils available to you, Mindful Tribe. I'm looking for the perfect products, completely pure, yet not too expensive. So stay posted and I'll be sharing with you how you can get your hands on some of these oils. Today, there's a lot of talk about minimalism. And my guest has been a minimalist for quite a while. She had an unfortunate reason why she needed to transition to this new lifestyle. You'll hear all about it on the interview. Sit back, relax, and learn from today's episode. Hey, Mindful Tribe, you're going to find this interesting. Today we're talking about being a minimalist and what that means. Today I have a tremendously expert guest at this topic. She's been blogging since 2010. She's probably the world's best known blogger for blogging about minimalism. So you are in for a treat. You're going to hear from Courtney Carver. So Courtney, are you in mindfulness mode today? I am. And in fact, preparing for this interview, I made sure that I was in mindfulness mode. So I am ready for you. That's wonderful. Courtney Carver believes in doing more with less. I'm sure that's an understatement as, of course, we're talking about minimalism, but doing more with less. We can all accomplish that. You know, we, we give in to pressures every day to work more, to own more, and to do more. And for Courtney, this constant striving just had to come to a stop. And, well, sadly, she was diagnosed with MS, multiple sclerosis. And for her, stress was like gasoline being poured on a fire of symptoms. And it became clear that she needed to root out the physical and psychological clutter that were the source of her debt and her discontent. Well, not only did she blog, but she's written a book called Soulful Simplicity, which is going to open this up for everyone where she shares, 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 and it will reclaim lightness and ease by getting rid of all the excess things. So that's all we have to do is get rid of the excess things and we can have lightness and ease. Courtney, this is going to be very fascinating to talk with you. But first of all, let's talk about mindfulness and what that means as far as, as, far as this whole area of minimalism. What does mindfulness mean to you? Well, mindfulness uh, used to seem like this kind of theory that I could never attain because I was too busy and too consumed with everything that I had to do. But since I've spent many years kind of, as you mentioned, clearing the excess, uh, I have been able to embrace mindfulness. And what it means to me is being present, being able to have the peace of mind 
to show up for conversations and for projects and whatever it is that I'm engaging in to be here today instead of thinking about what's happening tomorrow or yesterday or on my to-do list. And that has been such a tremendous blessing in my life because I think there was a lot of things I was missing. And when you're not showing up for things, you're letting your mind really talk to you more about what's happening than what's actually happening. I don't know if that was really confusing, but I think we tell ourselves stories about what's happening instead of just engaging and absorbing what is happening. I think we tell ourselves stories about just about everything, don't we? We sure do. We have to clear our brains from that from time to time. That's for sure. So Courtney, I mentioned in the intro that you were diagnosed with MS. When did that happen and what was your first reaction? So I was diagnosed with MS in 2006. And my first reaction was, "Mm, that can't be right. It was denial. I just didn't believe that that was happening to me. Uh, And then from there, I went into fear mode, not knowing what to do. I knew very little about the disease. Um, I only knew one other person who had MS. It was my boss at the time, and he was in a wheelchair. He was really my face of MS, and it was scary because I just didn't know what to do next. Um, But thanks to the support of my family and a lot of research, I realized that there were steps that I could take to live well with MS and moved pretty quickly into that place because I just couldn't stand the thought of letting this disease run my life. And so did some of those steps include minimalism at that time or include mindfulness? At first, no, I didn't really know what I was doing, to be honest. All I knew based on my research was that I wanted to eliminate as much stress as possible. And so I just started looking at what was stressful in my life. Uh, The answer is everything. Uh, It felt like everything. So I started with my diet, really eliminating stressful foods. Um, I looked at my debt, which at the time was just tremendous. It was such a huge weight and had been for decades. And I... I made a pretty good go of pretending that it didn't bother me, but it was extremely stressful. And so that, that was probably the first like step into minimalism because when we started to pay our debt down, we really started to look at what we were spending our money on and what we had spent on and looked at all the stuff that we didn't care about, we didn't use, we didn't enjoy, all the stuff we had just been collecting forever for who knows what reason. And that's when we started to declutter and get rid of stuff. And when I started to get clued in on simplicity or minimalism, I kind of use those terms interchangeably. And I'm wondering how much of this applies to clothing, you know, like I wake up in the morning and I look in my closet and I've got a lot of shirts and I think, wow, you know, if I only had five shirts, that decision would be a lot easier. Is, is it something that applies a lot to clothing? It's been a huge part of my journey is addressing my closet, the things in it, the stuff I shop for. And like you said, making those daily decisions, what am I going to wear? And giving it so much attention that by, by the time we leave the house, you know, our brains are done making decisions because I, I don't know, it was just exhausting. And I created a challenge around that so that I could really back away from the excess in my closet and it made a huge difference. 
Well, you know, when I was in school, I had a professor who wore the same thing every day. And I used to think, oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, other people thought it was kind of weird, I'll have to admit. But I thought, well, that guy does never, he never has to think about what he's going to wear. Exactly. And I think I, I kind of adopted a uh, a way of thinking when I'm getting rid of something, I look at it and I think, you know, somebody else in the world can really make great use of you, whatever it is, whether it's a shirt or whatever. And a lot of times, you know, I donate things. There are many places in our in our area to donate, you know, and, and I think that's a way that I can kind of help to become more minimalist. And do you encourage that? I definitely do. I think it's important to kind of watch the pattern of that so that it's not this cycle of, you know, consuming, enjoying, donating, consuming, enjoying, donating. It's instead, as you're letting go, really think about what you're making space for. Uh, And I don't recommend making space for more stuff. Right. Make sure that as you're letting go of this stuff, of course, other people will be able to use it and enjoy it. But I think we have such an excess of stuff that if we are really kind of churning and burning through the stuff that we're just causing more uh, junk in the world. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah, we really have to be mindful of of our our behavior around things and stuff and our attitude towards it. Yeah, great point. Let's talk about food. How can minimalism be applied to food and make it easier for us to not only eat, but decide what we're going to eat? There's a few ways to look at it. I think one thing um, we can look at is just like you were talking about uh, wearing the same few things over and over again. We can eat the same meals more than once a week. I think that we're under a lot of pressure from you know, things that we see on Pinterest or read in magazines to be these uh, creative people in the kitchen all the time. And that's not for everyone. And certainly not if, you know, your life is very busy. The last thing you want to think about is what's for dinner. So perhaps you make your favorite, um, your favorite dish in a larger quantity on Sundays and then eat that throughout the week. Uh, I also think for me anyway, simplifying my diet uh, as a result or in a, an effort to feel better really got me thinking about how our bodies react to food and what we eat really changes everything. I mean, not just major conditions like MS, but how well we sleep, uh, how we treat other people. Uh, it's, it just goes on and on. So really figuring out what food is best for your body. And I don't have any recommendations for that. I know it's best for me today. Uh, but I think we all kind of have to walk that path and figure out, you know, if if our skin's breaking out a lot, maybe we should look at what we're eating. Are we eating a lot of dairy? What if we went without it for 30 days and saw if that helped or sugar or alcohol or whatever the, the possible trigger foods are? Uh, we owe that to ourselves and to people around us, even though I think diet is really hard. It's the one of the hardest places to simplify because food is so delicious. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Courtney, I know you started your award-winning blog in 2010. When you started that, did you believe at that time you were a minimalist expert? And why did you start it? I want to hear all about this. Sure. So let me answer the first question. I still don't think of myself as a minimalist expert or a mindfulness expert or any expert at all. I really think of myself as a messy human who is trying to figure it out every day. 
because even though I've made some great changes and strides in my life, um, my life is always changing. My body's always changing. The world is always changing. And so I have to just be curious and try new things and experiment. Uh, I'd rather be considered a beginner than an expert on any day. It's just a much more relaxing place to work from. And it makes me more open to what other people have to say to their experiences and uh, just really enjoying the journey. So I'll remove the, the word expert from any, any title that I have. And then the reason that I started my blog in 2010 is that I had started to make some of these changes and noticed some uh, positive changes in my own life as a result. And initially I had started a, a little MS blog just to communicate with my family who didn't live nearby to let them know that I was okay. And instead of having to call 20 people, I could post a blog about my visit to my neurologist, for instance. And one day I got a comment from somebody that I didn't know. And she said, I read about um, this thing that you tried. And I don't even remember what the thing was, but she said, I remember I read about this thing and I tried it and it really worked for me too. I have MS. And I just had this real like, oh my gosh, this is so powerful that we can be sharing our stories and really helping other people. And I decided I wanted to do that focusing on simplicity because it had been the theme of every change that I made. Well, that's great. And so many people decide to do something like that or to write a book or they decide they want to do something like that, but they just can't seem to make it a consistent thing. Maybe they start and then it just drops off. How did you succeed at making this consistent so that it was ultimately successful? Wow, there are a lot of answers to that. I'm trying to think about the most important ones. I mean, first and foremost, I considered, I took it seriously right from the beginning. I didn't consider it a hobby or I, I thought it would turn into a business. And I treated it like that, even though I still worked another job and I knew that I wanted to write for a living, that I wanted to be sharing this message. And so I treated it like a business before it ever made a penny. Uh, before it generated income, before it had even 10 subscribers. So it was something that I was very intentional about. And consistency was the key. I mean, for the first two years, I wrote three times a week for the site and then did guest posting on other sites. And the more I wrote, the more I had to write. It, when you're writing less frequently, I mean, I post now once a week on the site, usually maybe twice. And it's actually more challenging to to write when you're writing less. So for instance, when I was writing the book, I had more things to write about because I just think the more we do of anything, the more inspired we are to do it. Right. I want to ask you, are you on a spiritual journey? Ah, of course. I mean, I think I've been on a spiritual journey my whole life. Uh, it's never been a straight path. <laughs> At Can you all? tell us about that journey? What's it like? Where oh have you been gosh. and where are you going, do you think? That feels like a whole nother podcast episode. Uh, I have no idea where I'm going. Uh, as I mentioned, sort of on that same expert beginner question, I really don't know. Um, but becoming very uncomfortable with not knowing and realizing that's where most of us are has really helped me because I haven't had to define the the future to feel successful. Uh 
my spiritual journey has gone in and out of religious institutions, uh, in and out of uh, meditation practices, reading, thinking, um, back in and out of religious institutions, different kinds of churches. Um, it's not as if I've been searching for that one right place, but just experiencing and connecting with where I am at different times. Uh, it's, it's been an interesting, interesting journey for sure. Um, but more and more, it's about bringing all of that into my daily practice. And yoga would be a, a great example um, because I find that very spiritual. And I find getting on my yoga mat is like praying. And, and I know spiritual and religious, people think of those as different things, but sometimes they, they, they cross over. And I just know whenever I leave my yoga class, I think of everything I've learned and try to consider how can I bring this into my everyday life? Because if I'm not acting on it, if I'm not being this person that I'm, you know, with all of these things that I'm learning, what, what's the point really? I'm not trying to collect awards or degrees or anything like that. I'm, I'm doing this to be a better person. Right. And so do you feel that being a minimalist has affected your journey, your spiritual journey? Well, I, I think it's allowed me more time and... Mm presence, as we were talking about earlier, to consider it. And of course I do. Uh, I, I think that it's allowed me to really consider what's important in my life, what matters to me. It's made it much easier for me to say no to the things that don't, uh, even if that uh, doesn't make everyone happy around me. Uh, it's. I think it's made me a nicer person overall because I'm not so stressed out and crazy and consumed with everything that's going on around me. Um, I've realized that just because things are crazy around me, they don't have to be crazy within me. That's been a really powerful learning experience that hasn't come from somebody telling me that, but from me practicing it and experiencing it. I want to ask you about minimalism and the media. Do you engage in like listening to news all the time and that kind of thing? Or have you kind of eliminated some of that in your life? I go in and out of that. Mostly it's mostly it's eliminated in terms of like, I don't watch the news. I don't read the newspaper anymore. Um, I don't jump on like news sites all day long and watch things unfold. I think breaking news is completely broken and just a way to stir up stress inside. You know, it doesn't matter if I know about a world event the moment it's happening or 24 hours later when things have finally, you know, the facts are really out there. So I try to steer clear of that, but I do want to be informed. So I subscribe to a newsletter called The Skim. Um, it's S-K-I-M-M. And it's just a daily, five days a week, an email that you get. And it just kind of has the highlights of what's going on and a little blurb about it. So I can connect, I know what's happening, and then I can decide if I'm going to go deeper or not. Uh, there's certainly plenty of news in conversations on social media. I know what's happening. Um, I just don't get too overwhelmed by it anymore because it really makes us super scared, worried, uh, and anxious. Yeah, it really can cause a negative effect on, well, all of us, really. I, I 
totally believe that. I've worked in bullying prevention for some time, Courtney, and I want to ask you a question about that, whether you've ever been bullied or whether you ever, you have a story related to bullying where mindfulness would have made a difference. I feel really grateful that as a, like growing up, I never experienced any bullying. Um, and in most of my relationships, not, but I was, uh, married in my twenties for seven years and there was a lot of bullying and, mm. uh, really just a really bad situation for a long time. And mindfulness wasn't part of my life then, uh, neither was simplicity. I was really stressed out. And I know for a fact that things, I could have handled things differently. Uh, I don't think I would have overreacted or reacted the way that I did. Uh, in certain situations. And I would have known myself better had I been more mindful. And I wouldn't have thought that like the things that my ex-husband would say about me or accuse me of, I would know that that wasn't about me, that it was about him. And I wouldn't have tried to change myself to be somebody different to fit. Instead, I would have just not reacted and let him change or walk away. But instead, I really tried to hold on, really tried to fix myself, um, really took everything he said to heart. And now I can look back and say, it had nothing to do with me. It could have been anyone in that situation. And um, it, it still wouldn't have worked out. Well, Courtney, you know, I just feel so motivated to eliminate some of the things in my life because I do f get the feeling that you're very calm, you're very relaxed, you're very happy. And it sounds like, from what you say, that becoming more of a minimalist has really helped you to be that way. Would you agree that that's true? Absolutely. I mean, becoming more comfortable with uncertainty was certainly uh, very helpful in me being less stressed and worried all the time. Um, getting rid of a lot of the the debt, all of the debt, and most of the stuff and the obligation, that really helped uh, starting to do work that I really enjoy versus work that I was doing just to make ends meet. That makes a tremendous difference in how I feel, who I am, how I treat people. I mean, I'm not saying I don't have bad days still from time to time, but overall, no, there's um, very little, if any, drama in my life. Uh, and I'm just much less stressed and healthier as a result, uh, inside and out. I mean, I haven't had an MS relapse in nine years, uh, and I have to believe that all of those changes I made aren't just impacting MS, but heart disease and cancer and other things that I'm not immune to just because I have MS. Sure. Yeah, that's that's really a great reason for becoming more of a minimalist for all of us. It really is. Courtney, I have five quick answer questions I want to ask you. And so just 30 second answers are perfect. The first one is this. Who is one person who has influenced the mindfulness in your life? Oh, my gosh, I have to say it's my daughter. She probably more than anyone has. I mean, from the minute she was born until now, she's 22. Uh, she always makes me want to slow down and spend more time with her. And mm. just, yes. So my daughter, Bailey. That's great. You know, younger people can often do that for us, I find as well. How has mindfulness affected your emotions, Courtney? Uh, mindfulness has has encouraged me to underreact, which has been a game changer. 
Tell us how breathing is part of your mindfulness practice. Ooh, breathing. It's funny how this can't be a 30 second answer, but I'm going to try. So I use breathing for everything. When I have, uh, I breathe during meditation practices. I breathe in traffic. I breathe intentionally when I have MRIs to check my brain out. Uh, it just helps me slow everything down. Mm, that's great. If you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that book be? This isn't a, a mindfulness book, but it has helped me be much more mindful. And that would be The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Great. And can you share an app which might help people to be more mindful? I love uh, the Headspace app. And I'm currently working through their Brave series and just love it. Yeah, it's a great app for sure. Well, Courtney, it has been a real pleasure talking with you today and learning from you how to be more minimal and how to be more mindful, because I think they're very, very closely connected. And I think it's wonderful how you've not only shared with us today on Mindfulness Mode, but you've been sharing with thousands and thousands since 2010 when you started your blog. How can we connect with you? How can we subscribe to some of the information that you share and learn more about you? Probably the easiest way is just to visit the site, which is bemorewithless.com. bemorewithless.com. Check it out. Don't forget it because that is going to be a website that can really help you to lessen your anxiety, lessen your stress, and just be more relaxed in life. And who wouldn't want that? Be more with less. And of course, your new book is coming out soon as well. How can we get that? That's one of the most exciting things for me. The book comes out December 26th. Uh, it's on my website, available at bemorewithless.com slash soulful-simplicity. Or you can just look for Soulful Simplicity at any of the major booksellers and find it there. And just saying Soulful Simplicity makes me feel good. Really good. (laughs) So I'm going to enjoy this book. I'm going to love it. I'm going to enjoy it. So listeners, get that book. I'm sure you will enjoy it too. Soulful Simplicity. (laughs) Thank you, Courtney, for joining us today. It's so great to have you with us. Thanks, Bruce. Okay, bye now. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or episode number into the search bar. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen. Maybe it's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever. Hit subscribe and share. Subscribing and sharing helps keep Mindfulness Mode on the air. Subscribe and share, share, share. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.